0: Welcome to Sound Solutions, a series of free audio tapes produced by Braille Institute of America. The tape you are listening to, and all the others in the series, provide practical information to adults and their families who are dealing with sight loss. The professional staff and many of the students at Braille Institute collaborated to provide the information, tips, and practical solutions to living life independently in spite of sight loss. As you listen to, you're not alone. Think about the ways you can apply the techniques that are presented. You may want to enlist the help of a sighted friend or family member to help you get started. Remember, the goal is to discover ways to live life as independently as possible. We believe you can do it.
1: This is a true story. It began when an 8-year-old boy in perfect health woke up one morning in a fog.
2: Good morning, Johnny. Hi. Boy, this mist is weird, isn't it? What is weird? This mist. I mean, it's not cold out, but it's so misty everywhere. John, it's not misty. It's a bright day. Mom, where are you looking? I can see it everywhere. It's like fog. You you must have something in your eyes. Did you just wash your face?
1: When the fog didn't go away, John's parents took him to his first eye specialist. Cataracts, detached retinas, a ton of tests and treatments, as well as a succession of eye operations over 20 years. Until one day, the last
3: eye specialist signed off on me, and I had this dream. Maybe it wasn't a dream. The whole thing was like a nightmare. I know that. I'm in one of those little coal cart trains in a mine shaft which opens off the side of a hill. In I go, being carried off deeper and deeper into the hillside. Looking back, I can still see the light. The little round circle of daylight is getting smaller and smaller, farther and farther away. I know whoever is driving this train of coal buckets will stop soon. At any moment we'll slow down, stop, and reverse. The little well of light will start to enlarge, but no, this doesn't happen. Are we out of control? Is there nobody driving? Now I become aware of the weight of the mountain overhead. It hides the light, the day, the air. I'm still being carried deeper and deeper into the massive solidity of it. I cannot even orient myself by the slightest pinprick of light. I know now that between me and the world there lies this mountain of dark. And then I wake up. But the darkness doesn't go away, nor will it and acceptance of the permanent darkness, to accept it as unchanging and irreversible, that acceptance, that becomes your fortress. And you need to, you must, discover some fortress against the dark's insidious despair. And for God's sakes, don't be afraid of the dark.
2: You are not alone. Let me assert my firm
1: belief that the only thing we have to fear is
4: fear itself.
1: When Franklin Roosevelt first said those words, he was speaking to a nation that had just been thrown violently into war. A nation in shock. Well, the war finally ended and the shock went away. But the phrase remains a part of our language half a century later because it is so true. Fear will make you its victim. If you let it. But you'll only be a victim if that's what you choose to be. Left unchecked, fear can destroy
3: any possibility of you building your fortress. If you let it in, it can stop the necessary process of adjustment and keep you from getting on with a productive life. Don't
1: be afraid of the fears you feel. They are real, but they're normal. Feeling fearful is a normal reaction to blindness. How will I be able to manage? How
3: can I take care of myself? I'm little foolish. What'll people think of How can I ever be safe if I can't
1: see to cross the street? I'll crash into things in my own I'll house. I'll
3: never forget the night when it all seemed to come to a head. I was alone. I was ranting and raving and swearing
1: and running through the house, and I must have killed the couch three times by just beating the This is June. She's been there, done that.
2: Devastating. I just didn't know where to go or what to do. Losing my independence. Um, not being able to drive a car anymore. Not wanting to lose any self-esteem. Wanting to continue to be me.
1: This is Dan. Been there done that
4: well i was tremendously frightened because here i was 42 years old and had in my mind no future didn't want to do anything but sit around and feel sorry for myself so pretty much i wasted about five years of my life and loella been there
5: i was devastated i cried and i cried and i cried I could not believe it. I thought it was the end of the world.
1: Ken done that.
6: Uh, I had, I think, the usual reaction to becoming suddenly blind. I was shocked. I was angry. I had great anxiety. I
1: uh, uh, was uh, terribly sad and depressed. Shock, depression, anxiety, anger, the tears, the fears, they're all real, and they all really need to be dealt with, with attitude action
3: first you want to acknowledge anger or anxiety or grieving about your loss is a natural and necessary process you and your family are going through you're going through the mountain you're going through shock and devastation but know this it will not last forever and you can begin to use this time to assess what abilities you have now and what tools or techniques you will need to reconstruct and redefine your
5: new life
2: you are not alone
5: and as i said before i cried and i cried i might say it was probably about 3 months because at first along with crying i couldn't believe it it was denial why me i felt as if i was being punished so it was about 3 months before i realized i couldn't go through my life crying but that was how i felt when i was told that i had lost my sight So I think it's very important. Don't be ashamed because you want to cry. Don't be ashamed because you don't want to accept. Because you'll find if you can get it out of your system, get it out and cry and be angry. Get it over. And when people want to help you, don't hesitate to say, I'd love to have you come over. Have those few tears. It's not going to hurt. Eventually you'll get over that and be able to talk to people because eventually you'll find when you can get it out of your system you'll be ready to go on up and climb the ladder again and get back your self-esteem. You are not alone.
4: I don't know that you ever accept being blind, but you do learn to cope with it, and you learn that it's not the end of the world. The biggest hurdle is making the decision to do something. Somebody convinced me to go to the Braille Institute, and I was frightened to death. I told my wife, I'm never going back there. That's for blind people. Not me and it took a while to get me to go again. The next time I went back, my attitude was better, and I met some really fantastic people there, not only staff members but uh, students. One was a gentleman who had been blind for 20 years. He says, Dan, you know, you can either go through your life with your head, well, he was Texan, so you can figure what he said, or you can decide to take the help that's here. You may never get your vision back, but you can learn how to live with it. I thought, yes, uh, if these other people can do what I can.
2: Oh, I think talking to other people who have the same problem you have um, gives you a feeling of camaraderie because you can talk freely. They understand what you're going through and you understand what they're going through. Gosh, it really makes a tremendous difference to know you're not alone. You are not alone. And I was far more able to accept that life isn't over. It's just starting a new phase in a different way. So really, being with people helped to get me to where I could say, okay world, here I am. I'm okay.
1: There's no timetable for getting through the mountain. However long it takes you is how long it takes. With some people, the anger and shock, denial, depression lasts only weeks until acceptance. Others have shut themselves up for years years of wasted life. It's really a matter of when you make up your mind to do something about it. Recognize your feelings, all of them, as being normal and very important to getting through it all. I was shocked. I was angry. I had
6: great anxiety. I uh, uh, was uh, terribly sad and depressed and uh, terrible frustration not being able to do the, the things that I had done easily in the past and uh, I came to an awareness that uh, I was at a crossroads. I either could go and sit in the corner and uh, sort of wait to die or I could uh, become active and try to make the best of uh, the situation. I found that after I became blind, there was an almost limitless uh, field of activity that I could examine and pick from. Also, uh, I think it has caused me to become much more aware of other people and to uh, develop relationships with with others that I otherwise would not have uh, have, uh, done.
1: There are blind service organizations everywhere, and they're there to help you learn and to help you get through your mountain. They're there to help you because more than anything, what you need now is knowledge you need a realistic appraisal of your situation so that you can make realistic plans for a rewarding future.
3: Doctors and my mother and other people kept telling me I had to accept my blindness. I remember saying, what do you want me to do? Say, well, I'm blind and that's okay just to give up hope. I think many very reasonable people continue to hold on to hope for a very long time and that's totally okay so long as you remember. And this is really important. Remember that hope and action, doing something about your situation, those two things are not mutually exclusive. Accepting blindness means I'm blind. I can't pretend that I'm not. I can hope things will get better, but in my given circumstances, I can do something for myself right now. I will do what I can to make my life as a blind person have value now. And if I
1: feel like it, I will continue to hope for changes, even a miracle, if I feel like it. First thing to do is to set some goals, little ones at first. I'm not going to cry today, but I'm not going to try to cross Wilshire and La Brea either. I'm going to concentrate first on getting to the bathroom. Now, don't beat yourself up if you don't do it right away. If you bump into a chair, have the chair moved. Independence may be what we're all looking for, but I think autonomy is what matters more. If I'm in charge of my own life and deciding when I accept help and what kind of help, then my dignity is intact. But that's what I mean by autonomy. There's nothing wrong with asking for and accepting help when it helps.
7: My advice to people listening to this tape is to feel good about yourself. Then you can go on with your life and people will always be there to help you.
3: Meet and talk with as many people with sight loss as you can, any way you can. Get yourself to a blind service organization. They're there to help you. If you don't know of such a place, ask your doctor for a referral or ask a friend to go on the Internet for you. Just type in blindness, then your city and state. Go there and know there are people who are just like you, who know what you're going through. Just don't be alone with your fears or your tears.
7: And feel free to do Different things, new things, if you make a mistake, people are there to help you. I have no problems when I'm going down the street or anything, if I need to cross the street or something, people are always willing to help you.
1: People are there to help you. But remember, it's as true now as before you lost your sight, that nobody can help you like you can help
7: you. It's important to be useful, even if it's to do your own washing, do your own uh, house cleaning. I do all that. I do my own cooking and baking, and it makes you feel good. The important thing is
5: to try and to feel good about yourself. You
8: are not alone.
5: I realized I would have to learn how to do things all over again, having been a cook, a homemaker. The most important part of my training was mobility and orientation with a white cane. And at that time, I was very fortunate because... My trainer came to my house and once I got familiar with the cane, going up and down stairs, going to the market, going to uh, every place I had to go, I began to feel like I was important. And if I could do that, I could learn other things.
1: Yes, there are people willing and very able to help you, but you can't accept or reject help until you can determine what things you can do for yourself and what things you're going to need help with. To find this out, you got to try things, little things at first, and then give yourself credit for every success, even for getting to the bathroom without running into
4: that darn chair. If you're taking baby steps, which I think are important, you're going to fall down, but then you'll get up and you'll walk some more. And if you keep walking, eventually you're going to get there.
2: Many times I've had to calm the fear that, hey, I don't like it, I wouldn't choose it, but I have to live with it. Don't be upset, don't be fearful. The only difference is I don't see like I did, but basically I'm still me. I never really thought that that I could be as contented with myself as I've become. And also I found a lot of things that have just reopened my world again. The music is coming back, learning to play again piano, um, singing again and singing with a group, and then it's just really wonderful.
3: You're probably going to find that whatever sources of strength and comfort you relied upon to help you cope with other awful things in your life will work now for you. One of those things is a friend or a family member who is a good listener.
8: My reaction to her going blind was very emotional, very sad, sad for her, and then to see her lose herself not be able to do all the things that she did, it's hard. My advice to somebody who's dealing with somebody who's losing their eyesight or has lost their eyesight is to be as supportive as you can. My advice is to always remember that they don't know how they look. It's important to me that she knows she looks good because she does. She looks great. And you don't realize how that's what she wants to hear until you tell her and then she just she smiles and you make her feel good. My mom is like my friend. It's not a mother-daughter relationship anymore. The communication between us is, in the friendship now is amazing, we're like best friends now. My advice to somebody would be to be there for that person most definitely, help that person, find the fine line of helping them too much and don't cross their boundary, but just be there, tell them that you're there for them, love them.
3: Chances are that sight loss is the greatest difficulty you'll ever face. But you'll recover from this just as you've probably had to recover from other dreadful circumstances in life. People are resilient. They bounce back.
5: I had to be determined to learn to do things all over again. And I wanted to become a person that was glad to be alive and to get all of my self-esteem back. I think that was very important to me. I took Braille reading and writing. And I also took typing. I took home management, learning to take care of the home all over again in a safe way. I did learn all of these things, and that was the beginning of the ladder to climb up, to get into my heaven and new world.
3: You will get
4: through the mountain. Take that step, and you'll find that it's not as scary as you thought it would be.
5: The
2: only difference is, I don't see like I did, but basically, I'm still me. And it's just really wonderful. Feel good about yourself, that's
5: most important. Okay, world, here I am. I'm okay.
2: If these
4: other people can do what I can... Climb the ladder again
5: and get back your self-esteem. Wrap every
1: dream in self-esteem
7: and keep on believing in you.
3: You will get through the mountain.
7: Keep on believing.
0: been listening to you're not alone one of the audio tapes in the series sound solutions we hope you found the information helpful for you your family and friends these tapes are available free of charge from braille institute a private nonprofit organization committed to eliminating blindness and severe sight loss as a barrier to the fulfillment of life Sound Solutions was made possible by the generosity of the H.N. and Francis Berger Foundation, the Fritz B. Burns Foundation, and from thousands of individuals. If you would like more information about anything you heard in this tape, about other tapes in the series, or about Braille Institute, please call our toll-free number, 1-800-BRAILLE. That's one 800 272 4553. Thank you for listening to Braille Institute's Sound Solutions.